this week, three sides of the coin, Mr. Peabody says, set the dial for 1980. We're going back and we're reading Cream Magazine's review of Unmasked from 1980 and sharing our memories of what we remember back in 1980 about being a KISS fan. And this episode is all KISS, 100% KISS. This is an old school three sides throwdown where you guys would, you guys are going to dig. This is, this is really the essence of the show. I think you're going to enjoy this one. We mentioned Van Halen. though. <laughs> we did. And the cars and the police. And Blondie. And Blondie and REO and Sticks and Loverboy. You had to. Yes, but and you and, and for those of you who still don't know, we clearly define forget the haters. We won. And no Peter, no ace, no problem. We tell you exactly what those phrases this mean. Is three sides of the coin. Talking all things. Kiss. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the hey, Coin. Hey, Cameo. It's three sides of the coin, and we're here, and you can hire us to say something on video for you. But but before everybody like rolls their eyes and goes, what the hell am I hiring three sides for? We are donating 100% of the money we raise to charity, okay? So think about that when you want us to say something. We can do a birthday shout-out, an anniversary shout-out. Lisa can do like a Paul Stanley rap. Couldn't you, Lisa? Would you do that, please? I can sing Read My Body. I can do a Paul Stanley rap. Anything that you want to do, I'll do. Mark, well, not everything. Would, would, would you get up and go open something? No, but I'll say something funny. <laughs> I'll read a comment. Yeah, Tommy will. Re- you can send Tommy a comment and he'll read it. Now, seriously, you guys all know what Cameo is all about. We'll do a video shout out for any occasion saying anything you want. You know, I don't know if we've even got any limits. You could you could have us say something like three sides of the coin sucks and we'll do mm-hmm. that. Well, I mean, does, we're, we're really easy here. So head over to cameo.com. Look for three sides of the coin. The four of us will get together and record a video message for you donating all of our money to charity. Everybody, welcome back to another episode, 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 <laughs> three sides of the coin. Just got done recording a fun cameo. Um, you got Mike, you got Tommy, you got Mark. No, no you sign. got iPad. You got iPad. iPad. No sign of Lisa. <laughs> she hasn't checked Ooh. in, so I don't know where Ooh. she is. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't like us anymore. Mm. You She's, do? Busy. She's, She's busy. busy. She's busy being a mom. Um, anyway... Before we get into any other talk, Tommy, comments. Yeah, we have lots of them on this week's show, which is uh, the return of Bren Irons from Flip talking about the new record, which is very, very good. And uh, Lisa gives her review on Creatures Fest. Mostly uh, people just chiming in that were there saying, yeah, we had a great time. It was fun. But the two I want to mention today are John Child and Four Letter Words. Both of them are complaining that we have too many ads running now. Do we? Show. I don't know. YouTube inserts ads. I I guess I could dig into the settings and see if there's a control for. Well, they think we're doing it on purpose to monetize the show. 
And I'm like, well, yeah, we're making tons of money here. Yeah, trust we're, me. We're, we're rolling in the freaking dough. <laughs> we're screwing right? with you people over a penny. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly. So, we're, no, I think it's more YouTube than it is us. Yeah, right? I, I know YouTube is to the point where it does ads in the front of shows, at the end of shows, and maybe at some point in the middle of a show, depending on how long a video clip is, it might insert a, an ad too. Now, my understanding is you can just click a button and it goes away. I don't know. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like we've always said, hit the fast forward button if you don't like something. Right. They, make the, they make those things on computers these days. Fast forward, skip ads. I'll look into it, see what, what it might be, but. Well, it's just, it's worth a note because two people said it right away and yeah. I'm not aware of any of that. So it's worth, you know, checking into. Yeah. Oh, and yep. Chris Sari said he loved the story that Bren told about giving a stink wheel to the dri- the bus driver. A stink wheel. Yeah. That's our Bren. Any, any, any love for Lisa's review? No one's really mentioned it yet. They're mostly just talking about either going to the show or. Um, something about it or when Ace and Peter played together last and things like that. But like Brett D said, I was at uh, Creatures Fest and it was a hoot from a musician standpoint. Vinny's opening barrage was awesome. Peter, Bruce and Ace were over the top outstanding great event. So there's someone who paid and went and had a good time. I talked the to most with, important thing. Well, yeah. And I talked with PJ this morning. Um, or I'm sorry, not PJ, Pat. Um, and Pat and his wife, Carol, went and they had a great time. And he gave me another full recap of the event. And, and he said that he felt Vinny's playing was less than up to par for all the years that he had seen him play live. And he saw Slaughter a lot and a lot when it was Vinny Vincent Invasion, all that. Anyways, but he said the event was great and, and he had a wonderful time. And he's like, gosh, for 175 bucks, I saw 20 performances. Good. Wow. It's all that matters. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you spent the money, you went and you had a good time. We said that repeatedly last week. And yep. That's all that matters. Who cares what, what we think? Who cares what somebody on some message board or Facebook group thinks? Uh, you know, it's your money. You enjoy it as you want. Right. And he, he and, and Carol said they both had a wonderful time, but he, he's told me the same thing that, that I felt in the past. And both of you guys have said, as well as Lisa, sometimes it's the hang. That's the best part of the event being with other kiss fans and seeing friends you haven't seen in years. That's really the icing on the whole thing. When we were in Atlanta in 2018, was it Vinny that made that special? No, no. it was eating pizza with you idiots. Yeah. And having fun and laughing. That's what mm-hmm. all these yep. things are about. You know? Absolutely. Yep. It is. And I think that sometimes get, gets lost on some folks because they're so quick to complain about the shortcomings of an event. Well, good luck trying to put something like that that they did on and not have some hiccups. It's almost impossible. That was a very, very ambitious um, event. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, we want to, we want to dive into uh, something we talked about earlier today. The little, the, the, the three letter thing. Yes. Yeah. I was going to make a quick mention that, you know, in the last week we've been hearing from people who have been there, had maybe some level of involvement um, telling us stuff, you know, for the most part, what you're hearing online about what 
happen regarding Mr. Vincent um, and what we recapped about him is pretty much on the mark. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of people aren't able to publicly talk about it because they had to sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, which basically holds them legally to keep their mouth shut. They can't go on the record. Now, I just guessing, but I don't think there's ever been another KISS fan run expo where people had to sign NDAs. I mean, we're not, you know, an NDA, and I don't even know if it was done back then, but an NDA would would be important for something like, I don't know, the four original guys in KISS getting back together and putting makeup on and announcing a full reunion tour. That's the sort of news you don't want people to go out and talk about. And you might have somebody sign an NDA. I don't know if it was ever done back even for that. But isn't it kind of odd that just a fan expo with Vinnie Vincent playing NDAs were signed? Very, very awkward. As awkward as our pause right here. Because, you know, uh, I put this tactfully. You know, it's funny because, you know, Again, some people were complaining about us even having an opinion on this after we came clean, told you guys, look, we're just not promoting Vinny stuff. We, because we care, because we're friends, because we, we care about you guys, we didn't say anything before to dissuade you from going one way or the other. We just didn't talk about it. There's something the three of us all knew a month ahead of time. We didn't talk about, we could have talked about it, but we didn't. And there's a reason for that. We didn't want to see anything bad happen or, you know, uh, talk ill about something we weren't attending or promoting, but we knew something. And again, like Michael just talked about, we've, we've asked a few people if they wanted to come on and talk about it, but they signed documents that said they wouldn't. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But there's more to the story. And out of tact and class, we're not going to say anything about it until they say, okay, go ahead and talk about it. I don't want to, I don't want to sound cryptic about stuff like that, but that's the truth. So that, that's a that's a, another thing I kind of chuckle to myself when I'm like, oh, those guys, you know, they wouldn't promote it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you don't even know the fucking half of it. So, you know. What are you going to say? Yeah, I mean, Vinny, after this event, is the same as Vinny's been before this event. That's what it comes down to. He hasn't changed in how he's acting, treating people, what he's pulling on things. That's why we didn't want to get involved with him. We came completely clean as to why and when and how this all happened. We haven't been going back and forth about changing supporting him it was clear right after spooky empire what happened there and with our interview with bobby rock boom done we haven't touched anything he's done since then in like four years so 
mean, we're not obligated. I think that's funny. That other than we want to do. I think that's funny that some fans think we're obligated to say something, talk about something. Uh, Mm -mm. Why? We have no responsibility. Mm -mm. To anybody except to, to sit here and have fun with you two idiots and yeah and lisa when she's here that's that's it man i it's just let's you know again hearing that ndas were signed just adds a whole nother there's the vinnie and his involvement weird odd mm-hmm. uh you know not on the up and up not transparent mm-hmm. You know, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell everybody right now, and I'm sure you guys agree, moving forward, we're not going to get involved in his next project, whatever that might be. Whether it's the releasing of this brand new album that the press was going crazy over. <laughs> that's ne- that, that they've never heard. That they've never heard. <laughs> or it's another a review in the back of Horse and Hunt. <laughs> So, I mean, oh, I, oh, I, I want to make one more point, you know, no different than with Derek Christopher, we, you know, who promoted the, you know, the Atlanta Expo and the LA Expo and stuff. None of us are have any problems with Neil whatsoever. Seems like None. a great guy. None. None. Zero. Nope. Never mind. And I, I tell you what, I, I'll say this publicly on any other thing. If he ever wants to come on here and promote something, or talk about something that is non Vinnie Vincent related, he's welcome. Yeah, that's yeah. all. Totally. No, no issues with him or any of his staff or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it had nothing to do with him. It I mean, I think, with, I think that's what we said last week, too. We were like, well, it seems uh, we have to reiterate that, Michael, at times, don't we? Well, that, that's because <laughs> the people who are accusing us actually haven't listened to what we said, where we basically came right out and said, Everything about this Creatures Fest Expo was great other than Vinny's involvement. And hats off to Neil and his team for pulling off what they were able to pull off. Because we know a lot about the way Vinny acts. We've heard a lot since then. And it's too bad, you know, if there's one guy who could have rebranded himself, but it's Vinny back in 2000, uh, you know, 18. Had he had the wherewithal to see what somebody like Bruce Kulick, how they conduct themselves, not only um, personally, but professionally. You know, Bruce is the gold standard. Bruce shows up on time. He's always prepared. Delivers what's promised. Correct. Go ahead, Tommy. What were you saying? I was just going to say professional, easy to work with, lays it all out. I mean, we got everything ready when he came and we did that auction and he didn't ask for anything, but we still, we had dinner, you know, Marty and Deb cooked, cooked dinner and it was just a, it was great, but he's, he's very professional, shows up on time, wants to sit down, go over the schedule, make sure that everyone's on the same page. Boom. It goes off without a, a hitch. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think there, there was a recent interview Bruce just did with ultimate classic rock where he, he comes out and says they didn't know until an hour before showtime that Vinny was playing to a track. They meaning Bruce and Ace. There was supposed to be a band. There's, that's what everybody was told. Fans, other performers, 
were told it was going to be a Vinny performing with a band. And one hour before going on stage, Bruce and Ace learned there was going to be no band and it was going to be a backing track. Is that professional? The professional is Bruce and Ace pulling it together and going through with what they committed. Unprofessional is changing everything one hour before show. Yeah, we, we can't say that we didn't see it coming. I mean, look, we know by by example, or, you know, we lived it. Most, There's a lot of fans who saw that coming, too. There's just a lot of fans who saw, you know, just look at Vinny's history and you can make a pretty decent prediction without inside information what was probably going to happen. Well, and, and I guess that's the point I was getting at with Bruce Kulik. You know ahead of time what you're getting. Yep. You know, one has a track record. The other has a track record. Which track record do you, would you support? The same one that the three of us are supporting. You know, Team Bruce all the way. Yeah. You know, and I tell you yeah. what, um, you know, um, Peter and Ace did as well as they could there and showed up and did, the, did, did their thing. I mean, again, all the way around. There was only well, I one didn't hear one complaint did. about anything that Peter did or Ace did. Yeah, no, correct. not at all. I mean, again, I will reiterate, not just that I loved it, but everybody was loving Peter's meet and greets. Well, that, that photo is incredible. That photo that that Peter put together on a drum kit with the cats in front. It was so awesome. That was well, well done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know of anybody who's complained about anything that Peter did at the event, Ace did at the event, or Bruce did at the event. Right, and uh, to 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 cue uh, Ferris, not Ferris. I've got the, my wrong uh, my wrong movie. Um, uh, what the hell's the fucking name? Uh, Forrest Gump. That was the one, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yep. Um, <laughs> before we get to this week's topic, we should make a quick mention on the passing of Ken Kelly. Yes. Um. I'm hoping that most of our listeners know who Ken Kelly is, but if you don't, Ken Kelly is the artist who created the Destroyer cover and the Love Gun cover. And the Um, Spaceman cover. And and Space Invader as well. Space Invader, sorry. Space Space Invader. Invader. He's also done covers for Man of War, Rainbow. He is the... Molly Hatchet? No, 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 no. That was Frank Frazetta. Who is his uncle. His uncle, okay. Frank Frazetta is was Ken Kelly's uncle. Um, Ken also did work for Famous Monsters of Filmland, which is where they became aware yeah. of his talents. Yep, and Dennis Wallach and all that. And- Dennis Wallach found a cover of Famous Monsters on a newsstand, loved the artwork, tracked down the artist, found Ken Kelly, and the rest is history. As I think, it's Ken what? Is quoted, it's what? It's history. Thank you. As Ken, as as Ken, I think has said in some interviews, uh, Destroyer bought his house for him. So, um, but that. he pa- Ken Ken passed away uh, just this past week. Don't know what the cause was. I don't think it was ever revealed or released. I do think he had been having health issues for a few years. Don't know what they were. Um, he was a great guy. I mean, I met him numerous times. He's at, at many expos. expos. Very nice. Yeah. 
Very yep. nice man. Yep. Yep. So definitely somebody who has a important place in history. Ken Kelly, his artwork, his albums. I mean, he's going to live on forever for those, those two covers alone. Yeah. Well, you, you can't forget about the, well, as you guys know, I'm the Blackmore Lackey, the rainbow rising cover with the fist holding the rainbow. Yep. That, that, that to me, man, that, 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 that's just as iconic to me as the, the two kiss covers. I, I love that, that image. That's just, you know, such a, it's funny too, but I, I remember asking him about this. Because when you think of the, just the word rainbow, I mean, it's a beautiful, you know, natural thing that happens, but he had to make, that's what, that's what I said, how that, that idea of putting a fist with, it made a, a something that you don't think about when you think of great strength, look powerful. And uh, what a great he, job he did as an artist on that. Um, again, plus the music matches the, the cover that's if you if you don't own that album i would highly recommend it it's one of my favorite albums of all time it's it's incredible so anyway anyway so um anything else we need to touch on in kiss world right now they're kicking ass over in europe yeah everything that uh shows are going great set yeah, list is pretty much the same shows a little we we talked we've we've talked about no, we didn't. Um, we didn't talk about the little additions to the show. They put the. Um, oh yeah. If you remember on the reunion tour, Kiss had four giant blowups that usually were outside the the venue, and they were color accurate to costumes and all that other stuff. Well, inside now, in front of the two Kiss Army banners on the side of the stage, they now have new. I don't know, 40 foot tall blowups of each guy, mm -hmm. but they're, 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 they're not color in the sense that they're all look, they look like stone. They really look like massive statues and they're lighting them with the character's color, which looks really freaking cool it on the does. side of the stage. You've got these, these giant stone statues one lighted red, one lighted green, one purple, and one blue. It looks amazing. And plus, you got Sammy yeah. and the cats. Sammy's oh, the up there. The cats are up there. Yep. Oh, good. Yep. Good. Yeah. That's the awesome. only thing they need is a candelabra. Well, I hope that they bring all of that back to the U.S. then again for whatever remaining shows. I'm sure they, they will. I'm sure, yeah. you know, for any full shows, so. you'll get it all. Cause I'm going to be, well, I don't, you know, I was kind of thinking about that because I'm going to be at the West, West Palm beach show uh, in September. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm hoping this stuff can, can make it back and, and everything. Cause I think, I think it, I didn't look, but I'm guessing, I think there's a couple week break between um, Australia. When is Australia? When are the Australian dates? Are they November? Well, that's, what, that's what I'm thinking there, you know, they, they got you and I, I look, guys, I don't have the, the dates in front of me. So I'm like, right, look, like we do the show. We're just talking like guys at bar. I don't fucking know what dates. Yeah. Are. We don't, you but don't I, prepare I to go out to drink. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, I, I think, I think when Europe ends, 
then I think they're coming to the States to do those couple shows. Then aren't they going to Australia? You know, I'm going to fuck. I got my phone. I'm looking right now. Aria. So, um, they come back from, okay. So Melbourne, here we go. The Amsterdam. Okay. No, I'm sorry. That's not correct. Perth, Adelaide. Here we go. Sydney. That's in the late August. Okay. That makes sense then. Yeah. So, and so then, then they would ship their stuff by the, by September. It should be here. Right. And so then 20 this to 21st of September is West Palm beach. I will have to join you for that. Yes. And then the 24th is Louisville, Kentucky louder than life festival. I'm certainly going to that because I want to spend all four days there. And then it looks like October 7th, they're playing aftershock in Sacramento. It's in California. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, October 24th, and 29th are the two starts cruises. cruises and then they have nothing else past that at this point yeah um by the way um did they they announced the 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 acts for the second yeah i guess they call it the first the one. first cruise. The way that, yeah i'm so glad i'm going to the second because i'm not a, it's funny look this is all a matter of taste i the bands that they added to the first one the I'm not a fan of most of those bands. I'm so happy on ours. The only one I would have wanted to see, I wanted to see Heart to Heart. I don't know, know if you guys know what that is. No. That's that's Heart without the sisters. They're doing just the old school Heart stuff. So it's the I band, would, it's the band without the two sisters. Yes, yes, they, they and they have a couple um women singing, you know, Anne and Nancy's parts. From what I understand, well it's the original band it's yeah. phenomenal so there's like what three versions of heart now each, <laughs> well, each this is, sister's this is called, got their own and now the band well, this is called heart i think it's heart to heart or something but yeah that's the i'm bummed they're not on the, the second one although we we got the black label society i love zach so you playing. get buck cherry that doesn't get and, any well, i was just about to say well i knew buck cherry already that was what made me over the moon but having uh you know having black label on there too for me i'm very excited black label um striper and uh and buck cherry but i, I that's the trifecta i bet i'm so happy that those bands are on the cruise that I'm going on. Cause uh, I think the other ones, and again, this is just a personal thing. I have nothing again. You know, I've seen LA guns a million times. They seem to have opened up for so many bands that I've seen. Um, uh, I think who else? Warrant uh, is, uh, you know, just none of that stuff interests me. And um, what if Warrant needs exciting. a drummer? Yeah. You could step in. <laughs> I could. That's not a no. You can count to four. <laughs> Look, we man, my, we've opened for we opened for Warren, I think, a couple times uh, here locally. So, um, hey, not a bad band. I wanted I wanted to make a, a quick mention. Um, last in last week's episode, we talked about how Ace and Peter played together, and I brought up was that the first time they played together since the U.S. farewell tour ended. And um, the first person to message me and tell me it was wrong was Eddie Trunk. Oh, not the dead guy? Who? (laughs) (laughs) 
Eddie so sent Eddie sent me a uh, quick message listening to the latest episode. Um, last time Peter and Ace played together was nine years ago. Party at the Hard Rock, New York City for the then 30th anniversary of Eddie's FM radio show. He goes, I know they did Hooligan and a couple others like Portnoy, Anthrax, Bumblefoot, Steve Brown, and others joined in. So thank you, Eddie. Um, you know, we don't claim to have unlimited perfect knowledge on KISS. We do the best we can. And if you want to correct us. Amen. Well, Amen. No, that goes for anybody. Eddie's a friend I mean, of the show, which yeah. is awesome that he reaches yeah. out and he actually pays attention for how busy he is. Yeah. You know? He listens to us knuckleheads. Mm-hmm. But that, again, that goes for anybody, you know, um, look, uh, we, we talk about it all the time. This is just three idiots sitting around talking kiss at a bar. We hardly, you know, <laughs> no one's going to sit and Google everything when you're, we, we, we've never claimed to be, uh, experts <laughs> or idiot savants, just idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we yeah we've done more to claim that we're idiots than experts so prove it every week <laughs> we try damn hard to prove we're idiots um go. yeah i mean we've been doing it for 10 years we've been <laughs> acting like idiots here um all right so i don't know if there's anything else we want to touch on real briefly let's let's segue into uh what we're going to discuss so um Cream Magazine is back. Excuse us a moment. I Mark, get Mark, Mark is calling his waitress over to refill his drink. <laughs> um, Cream Magazine is back. If you didn't see the news last week. I will um, plan on subscribing. To yeah, they basically yeah. put the entire back catalog of every cream magazine can now be read and found on the cream website which is pretty freaking cool and moving forward they're they've started to do new articles new stories um you're welcome baby (laughs) (laughs) um and uh their new articles as a side have the same if you've ever been a cream reader, you know there's a cream attitude. <laughs> oh boy, uh, Paul! Paul's probably going, "Ow, that hurts." Yeah, they just released an article about Paul's painting, which was just like, "Oh, you got to know this is cream being cream." <laughs> but at the same time, I, I, I felt that that was really uh, out of line. You know, I mean, that was just. Oh, Tommy, you just, need a hug. No, no, no! It's just. <laughs> I, I feel like it's like art, you know, are you going to try and tell me that Grant Wood is better than Picasso because you like that over the other? Like, it, but that, that, that's whole, that's all of cream's attitude about all the reviews, which we're going to get into here. Cause we're going to read cream's review of kiss unmasked. Well, I, I want to, I just want to branch off just for a second on that. Had someone just handed me that article on a typewritten piece of paper, the, the, the current one where they're not very nice to Paul. I would have went, God, that reads like a cream cream magazine. Article. Yep. Yes. It was so whoever that that author was, he nailed so it. captured the snark 
and the venom of how that magazine how cream be. is so better than every band yes, out there. i i actually tommy i took it like he was purposefully trying to be an asshole you, you know what i mean i but I could understand how, how, how it could be read the other way, too. But I took it in the spirit of them just kind of sticking their finger in, you know, in the rock star's eye just because they think they can. Yep. It's not because I certainly don't agree with his assessment at all. I think Paul's a masterful painter and does a great job. But I found myself chuckling. You know, I'm like, that is so cream. And that's one of the it. reasons... Yep. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I read Cream um, is because, uh, again, that was my magazine, more so than Circus, more so than Hit Parade. Cream, I also will tell you, too, and, and, and if you saw the Cream documentary, you know, I live here. The, the, reading that was like I could tell a Detroiter wrote it or it was because that was very much that street attitude that was so prevalent at that time. And again the snark it's just it's fun to read because it's funny because i always found like hit parader you could just tell the publicist wrote everything oh yeah they just took the press release and printed it yeah correct whereas you know and if you remember too that was one of the fun things about cream and kiss they didn't call him gene and paul was the bat lizard the pirate dog you know they they made up these stupid names for him and you know it was always bat lizard all the time there was, always I mean? the, there was always animosity. Yes. I yes. mean, let's let's never forget that it was Cream Magazine who talked Kiss into taking a photo without makeup. Again, just a very kind of Detroit thing to do. Just, yeah. you know, I, again, I identify that because I, I you know, I, I live it. And I, I, again, I, that's almost like you're, you know, a family member writing it or something. I, I, I always kind yeah, of. I almost felt like it was sort of like. Actually, it was Cream showing some love to Paul that they picked Paul to do one of their first new Cream articles about. It was yes. like, yeah, it's kind of a badge of honor is, is the way I almost saw it is like, all right. I remember I when we had when we had Jan on, you know, I always loved that quip where they said, you know. Kiss sold Cream and Cream sold Kiss. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they needed, needed each, each other. other. That was one of the reasons they didn't print that, that non-makeup thing until like 1981, 82, yep. because they didn't want to, you know, they were selling tons and tons of magazines. By the way, one of, not the first, but one of the very first all Kiss magazines came from cream. cream. Yeah, it's 1977. They they knew it. They got it. They knew it. And again, too, if you go back, they shredded Kiss too in a in a you know a funny way. They did the same thing with Aerosmith and Ted Nugent and, and and Alice Cooper. They took all these bands that kids of that era just absolutely loved, you know. And in some weeks they'd praise them, the next week they'd rip them down. It was all part of it. And if you ever again, if you go back and look at old issues of Cream, that back page, the backstage. They just have all those captions making fun of all the rock yep. stars. Yep. That's not something you'd find in Hit Parade or Circus. You know, again, that's, that's something you won't find in any magazine these days. Everybody's always, afraid to know, piss somebody off. To yeah. That's what made it so much fun to read. So, I and, and, and anyway, um, go check out Cream Magazine online. 
I think you can get a free trial to check out all the back issues. Um, but we got the cream review of Unmasked, which was printed in October of 1980. And this was written by Jim Farber. And I think what we're going to do is it's one, two, three, four, five paragraphs, short paragraphs. I'll read it. And then, then we're going to discuss this because this is a review as we were talking about doing this. This is all about timeline. You really had to be a KISS fan in 1980 to get what they were talking about. So anyway, imagine you're reading Cream Magazine. The new Unmasked album just came out. You're a KISS fan for the last five years. And this is the review of the new album. Well, you're describing my life. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite KISS story has to do with my mother. I hereby swear on a stack of Gideons that my mom is a sex education teacher in a John Cheever, Shady Hill type suburb of New York, where she regularly shocks the bejesus, I love that word, bejesus, <laughs> out of her 13-year-old students by showing them grotesque, grotesquely acted semi-porn films, which she claims she gets from the Unitarian Church, following it up by passing around plastic tubes filled with unborn fetuses. <laughs> Nice setup there, Barber. <laughs> I know. And of course, listen, I don't know about you guys, but I remember the day in junior high where we had um, sex ed class. The girl, it was like P.E., but that day the girls went into one room and the boys yeah. went into another room. And I remember they showed us some horrendously filmed, almost like this way, grotesquely acted semi-porn film, black and white. <laughs> I just remember it was like a car garage and some woman was giving birth and it was, it was like grotesque. It was just like perverse. It was like, just I don't know. I mean, I'm sure sex ed classes have changed a lot in the last four years. Now it's just normal porn. They're just like, yeah, go watch porn tube there. You learn everything you need. Um, but anyway, he's describing this in a way that, yes, back in 1980, if you were a teenager, you're like, oh, yeah, that was my health class. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, a few years back, dear old mom decided to do something even more perverse by making it a regular practice to have yours truly come to speak at said classes about the most oily elements of rock and roll I could come up with. A snap, obviously. The weird part is... In the dozen or so classes I've spoken to, whenever we come to the question and answer period, the kids inevitably come up with only two questions that they really want resolved. Quote, which rock stars are gay? (laughs) I tell them they all are, except Freddie Mercury, who's simply too butch. (laughs) Now, see, that's That's cream. cream. (laughs) And, quote, what do Kiss look like without their makeup? And again, put yourself in the late 70s. That everything was about getting Kiss out of makeup. I tell you all this, not only for the purpose of filling up space in a review of a band about whom too much has already been written, but also to show the sophisticated cream reader that there, that there actually are people out there who still care who these guys really are. 
which brings us to the cover comic strip of Unmasked, where the guys finally take off their makeup and surprise, surprise, they look exactly the same underneath. I'm sure the 13-year-olds will accept this phony, beneath-the-phony cop-out. And with music like there is on this album, I'm willing to play along as well. So, it's like, boy, this review is starting off great. <laughs> <laughs> the disc, at its best, is like a KTEL, quote, amazing simulation of the B-sides of Partridge Family singles. <laughs> <laughs> Like the kind of songs that used to come attached to the packs of old wheat honey cereal boxes. I remember that. I think yes. it was sugar crisp. If you, yes. got a, yeah. you could cut a, a, a 45 off of the cardboard back. You could actually play it. But that was usually Partridge Family or Banana Split. Oh, it's the yummy, yummy, yummy. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, at worst, the thing reminds me of another skinny tight pop LP in the Richard Perry School of Hot Tub Punk. To be honest, a lot of the hooks here stroke rather than really pull you. Yet there are still such groovy numbers as Easy As It Seems, which ranks in the profound league with Christine 16. What's best about recent Kiss, though? is that they're making fewer and fewer attempts to be dangerous or even sexy, finally admitting they're essentially Christy McNichol petting level preference. <laughs> <laughs> and, now that is so cream. And, and, and I'm sitting here going, dude, when I was a kid at this age, when this came out, Christy McNichol was my, oh my God, I had hots for her. Um, besides this, there's a nostalgically amateurish, thinny, thin production to beef up the general anonymity, anonymity, which brings us back to the 13-year-old's obsession with Kiss. The positive byproduct of the band's anonymity is that by putting on the makeup and dressing like them, we can be Kiss. Perhaps this ideal was actually expressed better in the Ramones film, Rock and Roll High School. When the principal, Miss Togar, asked our boys, do your parents know you're Ramones? As though being a Ramon was some special sect anyone could join, like the Moonies. <laughs> Google the Moonies if you Moonies, don't know what yeah. the Moonies are, okay? Yeah. That was really big at that time. Kiss do not inspire such brotherhood in me, but I can certainly see how it would be for my fellow 16 magazine followers. Ooh, Ooh, ouch. Right that at the heart of all of us Kiss fans, who the only place we were getting coverage was 16, was 16 magazines. <laughs> yep. And with such pleasantly mediocre albums, I love that, pleasantly mediocre albums, as unmasked, one hopes that Kiss has not peaked, as their bargain bin solo LPs indicate. Ouch. Oh, my God. Because, <laughs> again, Didn't remember, this is coming. two two years after the solo albums went nowhere, people. <laughs> yeah. But rather that their road will go smiling on forever. Jim Farber. The funny thing is that very last line, but rather that their road will go on smiling forever. How interesting that in 1980, that ended up being the case these guys went on smiling 
for what? 40, 42 years, 42 years, 42 years. Think about this. If you could go back and go when Mr. Harbor wrote that. And if you were almost like when almost like a sci-fi twilight zone going, you know what? In 42 years later, on this thing called the internet, forget it, I won't explain that, but on your phone, you can watch three knuckleheads who right now are 15 <laughs> talking about um, a KISS review that you just wrote. I mean, what a great time capsule. I will tell you, he nailed a ton of things in oh, there. Yes. And you could tell, again, Cream was, if you go back and read, you know, the 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 reviews and what even Lester Bang called Kiss Alive, the greatest live album of all time. They were very supportive of Kiss when a lot of people weren't. They liked taking bands like Kiss and Blue Oyster Cult again and, you know, Aerosmith and Nugent. They liked taking those bands that Rolling Stone fucking hated and yep. celebrating them. And that was one of the great things about cream and again if you go watch the documentary which i highly highly uh, recommend they say that point blank we wanted to be the anti-rolling stone so basically if, if jackson brown and whoever else was getting all this great press we were going to tear them down and we we're going to you know show them kids you know because that's what the kids liked you could tell when he when he wrote this article he knows that songs like, you know, Christine 16, and I'm sure he knew, he knew, he knew all about Kiss. He understood yes. Kiss. Yes. And matter of fact, just because I'm a super geek and I'm a big Cream fan, this review of, of Unmasked was not unlike the review of Dynasty. Um, if you go back, uh, you know, in 79 and, and, and find that uh, somewhere, I remember them saying you guys used to rock and roll really well matter of fact i if, if i remember god this is funny i bet you haven't read this in years i want to say in that dynasty review they said something along the lines like go back to eddie kramer tell him you want to rock and roll he, he'll understand what you mean because much like farber i don't know who wrote the one in 79 but they were fans they liked kiss they liked rock and roll kiss and they were kind of going, uh, what's with the disco stuff? What's with the pop stuff? That's not what you guys do best. Yep. So it's kind of funny. Again, this is a great time capsule. And also, like you said, Michael, as you know, as I say a lot, timeline is everything. Guys, if, if you younger fans wonder why, like stuff like Unmasked and The Elder, especially The Elder. Guys, in real time, we went from these hard rock and almost metal juggernauts to easy as it's to the partridge family yeah i mean in these reviews he he nailed it again this is an example of of timeline matters now you know i will say now i have much less problem listening to unmasked now i actually enjoy unmasked now and a lot of people do but if if you were a Kiss fan pre unmasked, growing up through all of those albums, Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, Alive to Love Gun, even the solo albums, and then Unmasked comes, he nails absolutely nails what we as Kiss fans were 
feeling and thinking at that time. I, I, I have a distinct memory. I was in downtown St. Paul. I think I'd gone in to spend the day with my dad at his office. He works and I'd then go walk around downtown St. Paul and go to record stores and magazine shops and crap like that. I remember walking by a music land and seeing an unmasked display in the front window. And I was like, I wasn't aware the album was actually coming yet. Walked in and bought it. I mean, it's a Kiss album. I don't give a crap. I'm buying it. And it was a little too colorful right off the bat, which was a little different. But then it was that, and I've said this before, that very last panel that says, and they, and I still think they suck. And that that was what really bothered me before ever even listening to it because I couldn't listen to it until I got home that evening. So I bought the album. But at this point in time, in our timelines, we were hearing a lot of Kiss Sucks. Kiss Sucks, man. Michael, they suck. Michael, I, I one of the taglines we get a lot of grief for is a forget the haters. Do you realize what Michael just read in that uh, review? The same shit we heard back in 1980. In high 16 school? 16 Magazine. Yep. Christy McNichol. That's, that's Partridge family. In other words, these guys are, these are lightweights. This isn't Led Zeppelin. They're, they're, yeah, that, they're not Led Zeppelin. They're not, um, they're not Deep Purple. They're not Black Sabbath. Not Again, did, 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 did those bands have 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 the reviewers go, oh, you sound like the A, are you in 16 magazine? Do you sound like the Partridge family or, you know, are you going to be on magazines alongside Christy McNichol? Well, no, but that's that's what we got as fans from guys older than us. And look, you know, the, the sad part, it wasn't were, even older wrong. than us. It was a lot of just oh, yes, our, yeah, our same, peers yeah, in our, our same peers. grade. Who was listening to the police and, and bands like that. And, but, but, well, there was also a lot of people who were KISS fans. Who were KISS fans who gave up on KISS going, you know what? KISS sucks now. They were great on Alive. They were great well, on the Michael, debut album. They this, suck with Dynasty. They suck go back, with Unmasked. Go back to 1980. Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. Ozzy, Blizzard of Oz. Iron Maiden, their debut album. Um, uh, Scorpions, so I was a couple years later, I was going to say, but you know, right around the Love Drive era. Um, you know, Nugent had Scream Dream. Uh, those were, oh, Motorhead, uh, uh, Ace of Spades. I mean, there was a new movement coming along, and Kiss was nowhere near that. Kiss was moving the opposite direction. I mean, as this oh, guy I, nailed it, they were going Partridge Family, Christy McNichol, and everybody else was going heavy metal, hard rock. And, I, and, I, and, and as fans, as young fans in high school, I, I tell you, I, I have a vivid memory of like one morning going, I want to wear my Kiss Dynasty t-shirt to school today. Am I prepared? I mean, literally, I'm going through, am I, am I prepared for the shit I'm going to take to wear a Kiss Dynasty t-shirt to school? Because I will take shit. And I was like, fuck this. I'm still going to wear it. But yes, 
constant. Dude, Kiss can't play. Kiss sucks. Dynasty's terrible. It's disco. It's like, well, oh. well, well I, you know, I go ahead, Tony. Well, I was just going to say the the kiss still they I still say they stink. That never bothered me one way or another. But we took I took crap just like you did. I I actually would say the the height of it for me was eighty one when the Elder came out because there was an ad running on KQ talking about buy the new Kiss album, the Elder, blah 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 blah. And I'll never forget hearing it many times driving in my buddy's car, and. They had clips from the different songs. And of course, Odyssey was one of them. And I'm thinking, motherfuckers, well, they can't play I or they can't play the Oath. They got to choose just a boy and the Odyssey. So I took so much shit at school because so many of them heard that ad. Had most of the jocks not heard that ad, I would have never taken the amount of shit that I did. I never got a lot of shit about the elder. I feel like by the time the elder happened, most people were just like, we don't tuned out. We are gone. Dynasty into Unmass is where it was really peaking for me because there was still Dynasty still showed some some great moments in it, but it was different than Love Gun, Rock and Roll Over, Destroyer, all of those. Well, I was unmasked where really changed. <clears throat> we got to remember too also guys timeline <clears throat> to you younger fans again it, it, it's so skewed and we're just trying to give you what actually happened you know from destroyer on platinum double platinum albums you know when unmasked came out gold that was a huge huge hit. keep in mind they have the previous album you know dynasty was either platinum or double platinum had a huge world-selling single, but what was it? I was made for loving you. Yeah, Dynasty That's, at least had a U.S. tour. Yes, well, Mass didn't because, have a U.S. tour. Yeah, because you know. But also, I've, I've shared this story on the show before, but it's very accurate. I remember it like it was yesterday, and that's why I use it so much. I used to record my albums on cassettes, and we'd carry our boom boxes around. I had Women and Children first on one side, and I had Unmasked on the other. My buddies and I one never, side. Yeah, let's let's just say we know that Van Halen album like the backs of our hands that yeah. summer. Because yeah. that's what we were listening to. Yeah. So so I mean, again, what this this review, reading it now, you might sit here and not might, even we are. You you're laughing at it, you're giggling at it, you're kind of scratching your head at it. But it's important to try. Well, if you weren't around in 1980, you can't literally put yourself back there because you don't know what it was like. But for those of you who are old enough, try and remember, go all the way back to 1980, 42 years ago. I thought about it a lot. And and this review is spot on. It You know, it's got that cream edge. It's got the cream attitude. The it cultural things, references are but, incredible. But everything hits a legit, honest point of what was happening with KISS and KISS fans at the time. I mean, even referencing 16 magazine followers, that's the only, by 1980, the only place we were getting KISS coverage was 16 magazine, Super Team, Tiger mm -hmm. Beat. Yep. You know, you'd have to go to the magazine store and you, you don't go to the rock and roll section where Circus and Cream and Hit Parader and Rolling Stone were, 
you go to the teeny bopper section because that's the only place. And and wasn't it um, um, Carol Kay who was their publicist at the time? She's like they that was deliberate because that was the only place they could get coverage. They weren't able to get great coverage in legit music magazines anymore. So they had to go to the 16 magazines of the world. But they were still getting stuff in Circus and Hit Parader. Not as much, but they were, you know. But but it was small. It was very small. It wasn't feature articles anymore. Well, there still was a few covers, you know, like Paul Stanley in 81 on Hit Parader during the... uh, The Elder. So there's a few, you know, but they had like the centerfold in 79 or 80 with the four of them in the Dynasty costumes where they superimposed Peter and it was one of the poles. Circus. Yeah. yeah, so so there was some of that. And I agree, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But I remember thinking, wow, a new Kiss record. And I remember listening to it, thinking, I really like this because there is more Ace songs on it. It's more balanced and we get more songs than we got on Dynasty. And I like ended up liking the whole record. I don't, you know, it didn't matter to me that there wasn't, you know, I don't know. I Yeah, would I have liked a heavier record? Of course. But I like the songs. So that I still think they they have a, a pop sensibility. The thing I remember and it bothers me to this day is the keyboards that really irks the shit out of me. I really wish they wouldn't have done that. If they would have just beefed up the record a bit. Um, and, well, not but, done you the know, and he even gets to that here, the, the, the tinny production. He talks oh, absolutely. About. That, that honestly, that's what bothered me more than anything else regarding the direction or any of that sort of thing, because I still was such a fan. None of the other stuff mattered to me. And I was willing to go to school and, and uh, take crap for it, but I would serve it right back at some of the bands that these people who were giving me a hard time were listening to. Now, you know, now, nowadays I, I enjoy, and I, I like listening to Unmasked. Yeah. But again, at least for me, going back to 1980, it wasn't as bad as when I played the Peter Chris solo album, but when I remember playing Unmasked and, and it was one of those, what, what's going on here? Moments in my head of like, this, this isn't, this isn't rock and roll over. This is, this isn't love gun. This isn't destroyer. This isn't even dynasty. What's going on. Where are these guys going? And, and feeling, I, I felt kind of lost as a kiss fan. And obviously Kiss was starting to feel lost at what they were doing at the time. And that, that was, that was the big thing for me was like, boy, I don't know what's going on here. I'm going to support this because I'm a Kiss fan. I'm there. I'm with you guys. I'm not giving up. Um, But boy, this is, this is tough. This is not what Kiss is about in my book. It's safe. What? It's saccharine. It's yeah. sugar coated. It's pop. It's, uh, you know, it was everything you didn't, you didn't expect from the band mm-hmm. as a whole. But interesting question would be what if Unmasked took off and let's say Shandy or whatever the next single would be were hits and all of a sudden that gold album sells 1.5 or 2 million. Then we have an unmasked tour here also in the States could have completely changed the trajectory of everything. 
Sure, it definitely could have, but I think because of what Unmasked was is in a departure is why none of that happened. I mean, you know, I think Unmasked is where Kiss, the rot of the Kiss makeup started to really set in, not with Kiss fans, but with general music fans, the general music industry. Um, yeah. God, it's just... Well, it's just a makeup show now. It's just makeup and costumes. I will tell you, Michael, because Kiss got airplay here, I, I don't think I ever heard a song off Unmasked. On I, don't, radio. I don't, I know I didn't. No, I didn't. No. And, and again, the was... fact that it went only went gold. Matter of fact, they made a point of that. I want to say in the People magazine uh, interview that it, you know, it, it just went gold. And that was, a, a, you know, a couple months after it came out. It didn't sell well. Again, and this is so important for younger fans. The juggernaut was clearly losing steam right here. They, they were losing the picture here. Like Michael said, the, the rot had set in. And it was the overexposure. It was the toys. It was the, you know, all that crap. Just And, and also, too, let's be fair. We were getting older. And, you know, the, the, the core of the fans who were at least my age, I was 15 in 1980, you know, I didn't want Shandy, you know, I wanted, you know, everybody wants some, I mean, that's, that's what's one of the things I think is interesting about the difference in how you and I grew up. I knew some, I know some of it was because you were in Canada, you went through different things like that, but most of my friends drifted away from them and went to Van Halen motley crew um cheap trick to a lesser degree because that was always around def leopard and then the whole mtv scene yeah but that was years later that was no no i understand that but they stuck we stuck that long i don't have i don't think i have any friends that went to i mean i do now but at the time that went to iron maiden motorhead i i didn't hear any of those records until probably 85 or 86 i didn't really yeah, one single person who owned any of that stuff. It was Motley Crue, uh, the leather records, the Too Fast for Love, right yeah. off the bat. That one all the time. And then Van Halen was as big, if not bigger, for most of my friends than Kiss was. And we were absorbed in that type of stuff. But I never heard any of the British heavy metal, other than Judas Priest, because they had they had a couple songs on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Living After Midnight was was also 1980. That was, again, compare that. Uh, Guys, I mean, you can do this very easily. Now, compare those songs and those records with Unmasked. It's funny because, as they like to say in England, the punters were all into, you know, the hard rock. and, And Kiss was certainly part of the fandom. But as, you know, as music progressed, especially Tommy spot on in the United States, Van Halen was king. There was yes. there was nobody second. Nothing even close to Van yes. Halen. And, and, and it's funny too. Here's there's a Aerosmith doesn't get the shit Kiss does, but they weren't doing anything in 1980 either. I mean, they kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, I don't get me wrong. I absolutely love uh, Night in the Ruts, but that didn't set the world on fire either. But they didn't, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't viewed as sellouts. It may not have been a very good record for record for some fans, but it wasn't, it wasn't like 
I was made for loving you. That's where Kiss was getting attacked was the, the direction they went it, in. Well, yeah, it wasn't like Aerosmith all of a sudden became, uh, back then, became an MTV pop band. No, and, and <laughs> yeah. that's what's so interesting to me because so many of my friends who are rock and roll fans who at the same time of growing up with Kiss did listen to Aerosmith and a lot of the 70s bands, they gravitated, like I said, Van Halen, Sammy Hagar, all the things that I would consider to be straightforward rock and roll, none of it being the British heavy metal. I didn't have any fa- friends who listened to any of that other than ACDC. That started to take over too in 1980 when Black and Black came out. I, I got to tell you right now, and this is so funny, we're talking about cream and reviews. I remember reading... This is Tommy. This is exactly what you were just talking about. I was one of those kids. I remember reading in Cream a, and I forget the author, one of the, anyways, it was somebody in Cream who's, who hated heavy metal. And they were very, they talked about it all the time. They, they just loved punk and they like new wave and stuff. And I remember that they said, I want to say it was maybe Ace of Spades or the live record, one of them, uh, No Sleep Till Hammersmith. They said it was like the worst album ever made. I literally, I swear to God, I literally made my sister drive me to the music store because if this guy thought it was the worst record ever made, it's got to be brilliant. And sure enough, it was, it was incredible. But I mean, that's, that's how, that's how I got into all that stuff because again, cream would talk about the, the, the new wave of British heavy metal, the stuff that was matter of fact, I think there's a, but there's the difference though. You just, you just, revealed the difference and i've known that i've known you to to be still to this day someone who reads a lot and loves to read all of my friends we try to avoid it like the plague the last thing we're going to read is anything like a magazine or book or nothing so it's like it was more word of mouth of these bands coming out like oh my god i saw this record i bought it at the store it's phenomenal we'd sit around and and play it we never read reviews or articles in magazines you I know, remember in the, maybe the difference. I remember in the fall of 79, speaking of cream, I think it was the fall of 79. The is heavy metal dead issue. Kiss was on the cover, one of the pictures. Yeah. Yep. And they talked about, and I remember going through that, and I knew of most of the bands, but some of them I didn't. And I purposefully went and tried to find music from those. And then I want to say, and it's a silver cover with um rob halford on the front i want to say that's 80 or 81 and it and it's like all about british heavy metal and again that's when i'm like okay iron maiden you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i'm gonna start getting into this and then i'd also pay attention to like who's this band the scorpions that opened for kiss you know what i mean and and i remember when like blackout came out that was like you know all that blackout was what 82 sort of been before that um anyways but uh oh love drive See, we would go to this magazine store, and if you, if there wasn't Kiss on the cover, we would leave. I, I never subscribed to Cream or Hit Parade or Circus or any of those. I just bought the issues that had Kiss in it. That was it. Well, so, also, too, I was I was playing in a band by then. and just Yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I mean, and, and so it was really, we were sponges. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, so and I would, was... I was looking for anything that you know, was fast and loud. I mean, that's all I cared about. But that's kind of the point. So it really doesn't matter that you were in Detroit. You could have grown up in Minneapolis and you probably sure. would have gravitated toward the exact same things that you love because of who you are as a person. 
I just didn't have any friends at the time that were similar to you that read any of this stuff. It was, we just passed music back. Oh, but, but, but Tom, we had at one, especially in 1980, I think, we had four rock stations, four. Yeah, we never had that. So that's what I mean. That's when people ask about the difference about growing up in Detroit, it was a big deal. I mean, it was a really big deal. And again, having four major rock stations, that's how popular this kind of music was here. Um, mm. You know, and, and I didn't find out until later that that, because when you're a kid, you just think it's the same in New York or Miami or St. Mm-hmm. or wherever mm-hmm. that, but it was on, it was weird here. And, and even Tommy, we just had that private conversation the other day. You, you know, like Jake Isles was huge here. I think in most markets, you just got the Love Stinks and, you know, Centerfold. Yep. Here, fuck, they played the live records like they were going out of style. I mean, like every cut, you didn't just hear yeah. one of them. No, we had the classic rock station. And Michael, correct me if I'm wrong. We had WDGY, which played the oldies hits, which they still do today. And then we had two or three pop stations like a KDWB that played Prince and all of the new wave stuff and all of the pop dance stuff. There was really no metal um, there, was, there was never a metal station. There was one KQ rock. was it for the rock station. And by rock, it was stuck on doors and Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. It never really experimented with newer bands. I mean, even when the quiet riots and the rats of the world were starting to explode, they avoided it. Yeah. They like just started play. playing Motley Crue about a week ago. So, <laughs> Um, but and yeah, then you're right. There was the KDWBs, WLOLs, which I don't. I never listened to them because they were mainly top forty. But they're they're. It felt like to me their play their formats were also constantly kind of changing to try and adapt to yep. what was going on. Where at least with KQ, I knew I could always turn it on and hear Rush within twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Or whipping post. Yeah. You no. Know? Um, but then there was Rockin' 101 for a while that they tried. They started playing, you know, deeper cuts of Van Halen's albums and all this other stuff, which was great, but it just didn't last. No didn't, one didn't, didn't last. I mean, KQ was so well entrenched. You know, as, as you guys are talking about all of this, one of the things that hit me as a kid, and I don't know if it was like this for you guys, but as a young kid, not only were you fiercely loyal to your band but there was a a fierce loyalty to your your genre of music meaning Mm -hmm. i like kiss i like cheap trick i hate everything that was new wave euro pop synth pop all of that stuff it now secretly i was listening to that stuff Mm-hmm. But publicly, you had to sit here and go, screw those new European pop bands playing keyboards. They're the enemy of Kiss. They're going after my band and my genre. I want heavy metal to win, and I want Kiss and Van Halen and Cheap Trick to win. I can't have, you know, the knack. I can't have any of those bands getting popular because that means then my bands aren't popular anymore. So there were, at least back then I felt a big, Oh, I cannot publicly acknowledge anything that's 
keyboard pop music. And when Kiss went keyboard pop in 1980, it was like, what the fuck is going on here? I, I have to hate that style of music. Get you, the band I'm supposed to support, are going that style of music. You know, it was, it was starting to confuse things for, I was 16. So for a 16-year-old, I'm like, who am I loyal to here? Am I loyal, blindly loyal to the band and the genre, or do I just support whatever they do? I, I was I was a weird kid. I, I the B-52s and Blondie were every bit as welcome as Black Sabbath and Deep Purple. I've just always been that guy. I, I mean, if my favorite kind of music was always, you know, the heavy metal, hard rock stuff. But again, I, I'll tell you just again, just being a, a Detroit radio listener back in, and I can easily put myself back in the early 80s, late 70s. You know, the first Cars record got just as much airplay as Led Zeppelin. Right. Oh, and yeah. I mean, it, and, the, it, it, and the police were the same way. The same, same for me. But, you know. And secretly, I love like that debut Cars album, and I love oh, the Police. But I, as as a kid, I felt like I had to stay in my lane. I had to support my band and my genre, and I couldn't sit here in in class going, "Yeah, the Police rock, and so do Kiss," because the people who loved the Police hated Hate Kiss, and the people who loved Kiss hated the Police. And I'm like, which group am I in? Right. Well, and, and I got just as much crap at school for being a Kiss fan as I did when I wore my Disco Sucks t-shirt. And my sisters and brother were always trying to change me musically. Uh, at Christmas, they'd buy me stuff that I didn't want, you know, like a Fleetwood Mac record with Peter Green. You know, well, this is really, you need to try this. I'm like, I did. I'm like, Ugh. You know, and I remember one year they gave me a a, a, um, a tour shirt from the Bee Gees. And so I oh just got the Bee Gees were the king of what right. you had to hate back then. Had right. to so, hate them. Right. So what I did is I took that shirt and I put a red, I spray painted a red circle on it with a freaking <laughs> oh, line through it. it. And that's what I wore to school. And that was just as treacherous is wearing a shirt well it was because again keep in mind back then the bgs were freaking kings massive massive so so again secretly secretly i love saturday night fever secretly i love the grease soundtrack yeah publicly i had i couldn't support that shit gotta wave the metal flag gotta wave that metal flag because all the people who truly do love that stuff hate my band so fuck you for hating my band i hate your bands and back in those days you can't you couldn't really return things so it was really hard to return stuff and i just remember thinking okay i've got this beachy shirt what am i gonna do and then i'm like oh i'll just put a freaking red circle around it with a line through it i'll wear it that way and oh oh are they upset with me and you know but I get it, Michael. We, and I do think it was harder to be a Kiss fan in Minneapolis than it was in Detroit, because at least you had stuff being played on the radio. The only Kiss stuff I ever heard on the radio at the time growing up, besides I Was Made for Loving You, was Rock and Roll All Night. I heard yeah. Cold Gin one time off of a live, and I thought that I thought I was had lost my mind. Well, and, 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 and you'd hear Beth, but sometimes hey, Beth. Beth and but but the problem with Beth was 
it crossed over to the top 40 pop stations, which I'm like, fuck, I hate that top 40 station. Listen to my rock station, but the top 40 station is the one playing Kiss. And it bothers me to this day. I had a friend of mine who's not a Kiss fan at all. He said, yeah, I was driving around the car the other day and I had Sirius XM on and Beth came on and I'm like, who is this? And he was like, oh, this is Kiss? Oh, and he said, I thought of you. And I'm like, I don't ever want you to think of me when you're listening to that song. And so then I sent him a bunch of other songs. I'm like, listen to these. These are way better. Crickets. It's fine. It's fine with with Sirius XM. It's funny because um, I don't get a chance to listen to it much because I don't have it in my car, but Liz does. But it's not unusual, especially on like an Ozzy's Boneyard or the 70s. You actually, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, our little mantra of, you know, forget the haters. You cannot flip through the 70s and classic vinyl and Ozzy's Boneyard in an afternoon and not hear Kiss at least once or twice. Oh, I know. I know. And and, and that's a testament to how right we were back then. Yep. And, and how right we are now. Because we said it all along. Yeah, the makeup, the bombs, it's all cool and stuff. But these records are great. And that's what, and and that's true now, because again, through these different playlists to, to aimed at people who like vinyl and who like, you know, classic hard rock, who do they, who, who gets a lot of the airtime kissed us as they should, because we were right all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, that's what it really goes back to, you know? So. And, 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 and let, Let's be clear, take a real quick moment here, because there's still a lot of people who are like, what do we win? Who's we? What do you mean forget the haters? And it's like, okay, so once again, this is what forget the haters we won means. Mark coined that phrase, I don't know what, two couple years ago? No, longer than that. It was, it was, I think it was just before the end of the road tour started or maybe right around when it started. Um, But to what we're talking about here, we as in the KISS Army, that's who we are, the fans. Forget all these haters, whether it was 42 years ago or two years ago, who are telling you KISS sucks, KISS can't play, KISS is this, KISS is that, they're terrible, they're never going to be around, Kiss should retire, whatever. Those are the haters that we've been hearing from forever. What did we win? The fact that here we are, Cream Magazine, 42 years later, the band you were dismissing in that review of Unmasked is just finished a sold-out show in Paris, France this evening. And And, they're still around. And and this summer... I think it's Loverboy, Sticks, and REO Speedwagons, a triple bill at your at your local shed. You know, shed. And they won't sell as many tickets. And and Kiss has got two cruises happening back to back. And don't get me wrong, I love all three of those bands. Well, I'm not a lover. Oh yeah, it's not. I, it's I, not a. It's not a. It, that's but not if a, I would have said that in 1980. If I would have said that in 1981, I would have been laughed out of the lunch. Oh, that, that's the whole yeah. point. Because the back in 1981, the REO, Sticks, Loverboy fans were like all over the place because their bands were happening. Right. And Kiss sucks because Kiss 
can barely sell 500,000 copies of an album. So you guys suck. Kiss won't be around. Flash well, in the pan. So forget the haters who told you anything along those lines. We, the Kiss Army, the fans that all of you that listen. It, all of you, not just the three of us, not the all podcast, everybody who stuck through it, whether you stuck through it for 40 years or whether you stuck through it for two years, we won because our band is still here, still kicking ass, still selling out around the world. That's as simple as it is. Forget the haters. We won. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, I don't know. It's like shout it out loud. We won our band triumph. It was fucking rough. Go back to that. Try and go back to that cream magazine review in 1980. Put yourself in the heads of a bunch of 15, 16 year old fans. And, and listen, I know there's kiss fans who discovered kiss with unmasked and they love it. And there's nothing wrong with Alice. Yeah, Alex comes to mind. That's his favorite Kiss album. There's a lot of people that love it. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just telling you what we experienced and a lot of fans were experiencing. In 1980, it was tough as hell to be a proud Kiss Army waving the flag member because the shit was getting thrown at you everywhere you went for liking kiss and telling people you liked kiss. And the moral of the story is don't, don't assume anything without knowing what it's about. And I want to take it one step further and also just reiterate one other thing that was a coined phrase by Mr. Cicchini. Uh, no Peter, no ace, no problem. That shirt speaks directly to all of the people who don't like the band anymore. That only our original four, that think that anything past the original four is not real kiss. And I would argue that every single thing they've done past the original four is still kiss. And so it's not a negative against Peter, nor is it a negative against Ace. It's a negative against the people who think that it all exists in the original four. Now, Ace and Peter, totally. If it wasn't for them, this might not have happened. They were an integral part, as you know, of the formation of this band. But to me, I, I told this to someone just last week. It's like the Vikings. All right. Stefan Diggs right now, great uh, receiver. He left. He's playing in Buffalo. But guess what? I'm still a Vikings fan. I'm going to always be a Vikings fan, regardless of who's playing quarterback or who is. Of how many times they fuck up and lose. Exactly. Look, you guys, yeah. I don't, no, no football stuff, please. Please. Mark's got that one. That, that <laughs> corner is Mark's corner. Right, but I wasn't, I mean, wasn't speaking to the, the oh, I know, Tommy, I know. of the franchise. Yeah, but the point is, is that I'm always going to be a fan of them. The band. The You're fans. a fan of the band. Yes, I'm a fan of the band. That means I'm a fan of Bruce and Eric and Tommy and all the other people, well, almost all the other people that came before them. Listen, I'm a you fan know. of Creatures of the Night. I'm a fan of yeah. Lick It Up. Vinny yeah. was on those albums. I'm a fan of that. Right. Right. I'm a fan of Cheap Trick, even though Bunny's no longer in the band. No I'm Bunny, a no problem. Sticks, even though Dennis DeYoung is no longer in the band. 
Mm-hmm. All right, look, there's you can go all the way down to ACDC, with, which right now currently has one original, one member, original member in it. You know, and, and, and look, we've been through this a million times. I mean, from, from Ronnie James Dio and Black Sabbath, you know, on down to Brian Johnson taking over for, for Bon Scott. Good music. Like, I always like saying it. Uh, you know, Buddy Rich said there's two kinds of music, good and bad. That's it. And I think, you know, I think Kiss all along, and, and I've said this, I've said this especially about the recent albums to the people who who won't give things like uh, Sonic Boom and Monster. If, if you don't like them, you didn't listen to them. That's all. Because if you like Four on the Floor, Hard Rock and Kiss, that's those two records, you know, are perfect examples of what makes me a Kiss fan. You know, short little three, four minute songs that, have great little solos in them and the, and they're, you know, fun and they rock and roll. That's what I love. Mm-hmm. And you know what, when they went off and did a little bit of different stuff, I bust Michael's balls around, you know, a lot about, but crazy nights and all that, but I, st- I still bought the records. I still went yep. to the tours. Yep. You don't have to like every single thing that they do, but I'd say the same thing about black Sabbath when they got Tony Martin, I wasn't crazy about it, but, you know, there's some good good stuff on some of those records. You know, I, I if you're a fan of a band, you'll follow them. Matter of fact, I, I want to say on one of the one of the, the the YouTube stations or whatever we have videos here that we put out, somebody said, you know, something about me being a huge fan. Guys, you have no idea about how much I love hard rock and metal music. And um, that's what's one of the nice things about, you know, being friends with Ralph, you know, the, the good doctor, as they say, he's the same way. We'll sit and we can sit and talk about Bloister cult till our faces turn blue and it's fun. You know what I mean? I, and, I, I and, love and, and you don't care what anybody else thinks about Correct. what you like or don't like. Cause it doesn't Correct. matter. Yeah, you know, you're you're exactly right. That's what's so fun about this. When you, when you get into music, um, you know, just just a couple of weeks ago, we had you know Mark on from Crocus. That that was a huge, huge, big deal for me. You know, I like those guys since the '80s. As a matter of fact, I think it was 1980 the first time I heard them. Again, the Swiss Kiss. What's not to love? You know, and 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 following that band all the way through. You know, and, and, you know, again, going back to even we had Gil on another triumph, you know, just a great band. All the, there's so much great music out there and all those bands that we were just talking about, you know, Crocus and Triumph, but they all change members at times. I still gave it a shot and I'll be honest, most of it I liked. Well, and, and things aren't meant to last forever, but it doesn't mean that we can enjoy them for what they're doing now you don't have to great don't and and again with the peter and ace shirt it's not about fans who are just original members it's not about fans. peter and ace it's and it's about not about the band peter. members it's about the per- people who are only original four and think you guys who listen to us are less than or not as great of a fan or jerks or whatever you want to say because you don't think the way they do to me they're no better than the people who would give me crap in high school for um liking this band when they listen to the police or whomever else they were you know we, we we i think we mentioned this quite a while ago but back in 1980 when we were taking shit for 
being a Kiss fan when Unmasked came out, we were taking that shit for the most part from fans of other bands. Zeppelin fans, Deep Purple fans, Black mm-hmm. Sabbath fans. Who would have thought 40 years later we're taking shit for liking Kiss from Kiss fans? <laughs> I think it's, yeah. It, I that, mean, that 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 is just crazy when you think about it. I'm not taking shit for liking Kiss from fans of other bands nowadays because, frankly, most people accept the fact that Kiss deserves their place in history. They mm-hmm. they stand the test of time. It's not the makeup that it it's not the makeup is the reason radio stations continue to play kiss songs over and over again. It's because the songs are good. If a song That's stands exactly the it. test of time, that tells you something. It's not mm-hmm. the makeup, it's not the clothes they were wearing. So, you know, 42 years later, I would have never thought I'd be taking shit from kiss fans because i like kiss yeah that's just weird i think it's bizarre and and for me you know like mark has a huge collection okay i don't because i view things differently than he does neither one of us are right but a lot of people seem to think well because i don't have a collection of all this stuff that somehow i'm not a, a, a kiss fan and it's like kiss is here Yes, for me, it's it, and I love the stuff that Mark has. Don't get me wrong; I think it's great. In fact, I'm hoping to go to Detroit this summer to see it all. Um, but you don't have to be invested one way or another as long as you're there for the right reason. The amount of money has nothing to do with anybody being a fan of any band. It doesn't matter how many albums you've owned how many shows you've been to, how much money you've spent. That has nothing to do with it. If you like the band, you're a fan. That's the it. world's biggest Kiss fan could have started yesterday. Yeah. I, I've argued that it, some sometimes you could say that the more important fans are the brand new fans who just discovered the band yesterday because they're the ones that are going to make this band or any band live on longer and longer and longer than the fans like us who have been there for 40 plus years. Mike, I hope that there's a, there's a 15 year old out there who saw his dad's copy of rock candy and went these funny guys in makeup. What? Oh, they have something called double platinum. I'm going to go to Spotify. Yeah. And next in two weeks later, that kid's listened to that a hundred times. He can't get enough. That, that to me is is what it's all about. That that's you know? what it's all about is is just loving a band makes you a fan. There is no scale to measure who's a bigger and better and more worthy fan. Amen. You 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 just because you weren't even born in 1976 doesn't mean you're less of a fan. Yeah, so then when Mark said that phrase, no, Peter, no ace, no problem about his uh, Creatures of the Night tour that he went to, we all thought, hey, you know, that says everything right there. And it really encompasses everything this band is. So we should stick it on a shirt. And that's the purpose for it. A lot of people have misunderstood. So uh, I'm glad, Michael, that you also talked about 
the other statement because people also misinterpret that that we're somehow saying we're better than other podcasts we're, we're the best podcast and no. the three of us won it's like no no Mm-mm. we've never we've never said we're better than any other podcast no. out there we've Mm-mm. never said we're better than we want you guys else. we want you guys to support all the other podcasts it's kind of like look i always joke i'm like um, and there's, it's one of the reasons, too, like I say, yeah, Kiss is my favorite band, but it'd be kind of like if, if lasagna was your favorite food and that's all you ate seven days a week, three three times a day, eventually it wouldn't be anymore. So, you know, look, that's that's how I am with music. I want to, I, you know, I have one that's clearly my favorite, but <laughs> there's plenty of side dishes to go around. So, Yep, yep. Mark enjoys his food. Um, all right. I, that was fun. And you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to dig up some of the old, other old cream reviews that they've done for some of these albums. Just tell you to destroyer would be a fun one to do. Yeah. And, and, and love gone. I mean, I'm not interested in myself reviewing them, but I'm interested in, in these reviews that can take us back to a moment in time where a lot of our listeners were never around. They don't know what, what was, what was the prevailing attitude about kiss. Right. Plus I hope you guys had fun today. I had a ball. This was, yeah, this is, this is, what, this, is this is a quintessential three sides right here. Yeah. Talking about kiss sharing memories, going back in time, but hopefully even what we talked about here in 1980, maybe you can relate because you became a kiss fan five years ago. And that first review of something that you like on kiss came out and wasn't positive. It's it's it. That's what it's all about. That's what this cream review was about. was like, you know, let's, let's remember, let's remember what it's like was like being a fan of this band that, and in the seventies, they were, they were, going against the grain of everything 1980 everything. is when this started to happen that's what made it so interesting because their trajectory was here till about 79 level off boom and it fell fast from mm-hmm. 80 81 82 level, leveled in 83 and started growing back into 84 yeah it's it's it it's an interesting time to have been a kiss fan to live through that if you were there you know exactly what we were talking about so, so homework I tell you what, here's a homework what uh, what review would you guys like to see us do again Dig up. i mean because i thought this was fun yeah there you go that's a good one maybe may, maybe um let's I would suggest Destroyer because I would bet Destroyer was received a bit. Oh, I know that. I know that one. I I know that one because when I was doing research for the, for the, for the Destroyer box set, I've got that one. It's an interesting review. Yeah. And I, and I tell you what, that one didn't age as well as, as the, as the unmasked unmasked one. Yeah. And, well, and, again, and, 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 may, and, may, and maybe something like a, uh, a good, solid album like Rock and Roll Over, which for the most part, everybody loved. 
you know, what did they, what did they think of that? I mean, yeah, let, let's homework. What review should we dig up? Um, do you, were you a fan back then? Do you remember when cream released that review? What'd you think of it? I mean, how did you feel at the time? Cause it was tough. It was tough back then to be a kiss fan as we just shared our feelings and memories of, um, well, let's wrap and, uh, and then uh, we'll get back and do our little intro thing. Cause I got, I got a, all right, that's it. We got, we got, we got to feed meatloaf Mark. <laughs> Um, all right, everybody, three sides of the coin. You know what to do with your homework. We'll see everybody next week. Do you have something to say? Leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Call 320-515-4771. the show. Visit threesidesofthecoin.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. Voices for Three Sides of the Coin, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.